Hello, humans, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 78. We are recording on Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. It's my birthday episode. Uh, this comes out on my birthday, which is pretty cool. I am one of your hosts, AJ Idy. This week on the pod, we'll be talking about the 2020 Game Awards, uh, Nintendo's bringing the indie world heat, and more Cyberpunk 2077 news. Joining me today is Chris Not-So-Salty-Stern. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I'm i having a surreal day, but I'm keeping it real. Also joining us today for the first time, Angie, a.k.a. Stellar Smalls. Angie, how are you doing? Fantastic. Doing great today. Better than Chris. Better than Chris. I set a low bar, though. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Angie. <laughs> well, speaking of a low bar, this is the low down. If you want to be part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you don't use Twitter, you can send us email the old-fashioned way to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. That's our website. Go check it out. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly. I believe just two days ago, as of recording this, our fourth edition came out at mngamers.substack.com is where you can sign up. There's also back issues there. Chris, great job once again. The fourth edition looks pretty awesome. I, I enjoyed that you used the floating canoe as the image. Didn't even get a choice. It was just the first image put in the article, but I'm so happy with how that turned out. <laughs> It looks like, so good. Kid you not. It's like, here's the gaming article, and it's just like a floating canoe guy. <laughs> like, wow, that looks like a cool video game. You can canoe through the sky. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my goodness. Well, Angie, you're a first-timer here on the pod, so I guess we might as well have you go first for what you've been playing. Just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit. I guess just like what kind of games do you like to play? Like what got you into gaming in the first place? Can you want to just give us some some good old fashioned gaming history? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, well, I got into gaming because I have two older brothers that uh, started gaming a lot, and my dad was gaming too. And I started gaming actually on my dad's a PC dude, so okay. um, started PC gaming first. I I want to say my first game either was Doom on pc or worms so one of the two right they're both pretty awesome then started you know 64 and then going on from from there but um i play many different kinds of games um like adventure games first person shooter um it's a lot otherwise um like lately i've been playing gears 5 mostly horde which love that a lot as of late been also playing the switch uh luigi's mansion 3 and awesome. and no a Super Mario. yeah so. yeah she's a new switch owner when did you get it i think like a month ago if i'm remembering correctly somewhere Lucky. around there maybe less than that but yeah what is being a new switch owner in 2020 been like so you're playing you said you're playing mario and uh, luigi <laughs> separately yeah. two separate games mario <laughs> and luigi yeah, how well, often do you get to say that i wait well first i got uh link's awakening got that beat mm. it super awesome game obviously i played it on like you know the older versions of it but this one was really awesome i like the way that they did it they had little nuances in there which is kind of awesome in there too the uh the best thing i liked in link's awakening was um just how things like the wind like moved the grass like they had things 
really detailed, which was super great. Um, but yeah, I been beat that. Played Super Mario now. You uh, you Deluxe, I think, is what it's called. Oh, dude, I want that game so bad. Every time I see it on sale, I almost buy it, but I just I want it. <laughs> you just gotta ki- hit that kill switch there. You got yeah, get it. I do. Yeah, you gotta get it. It's actually really fun. Um, almost beat that one. Not quite. Almost done with that one too. Um, and then Luigi's Mansion. I just started. I think I'm like 25 percent of the way through on that one but i like to bounce around on games i'm not like i need to finish this one game before i move on to the next one i bounce around (laughs) yeah that's awesome i kind of do the same thing unless i've got something huge that i'm playing like Mm -hmm. sort of like right now um anything else that you like specifically want to talk about right now that you've been playing lately um I mean, not necessarily, but I will say, if I don't know if you guys, I'm on Xbox, so, but if anybody's played Gears 5 Horde, I've, my, I've been playing with my brother, and he's been, like, really into it, so when I play with him, he's like, oh, you can do this, you can add this card, and this class can do this for you, and I'm just, like, getting all of this information thrown at me, and I'm like, this is fantastic, and I'm just loving every <laughs> bit of it, because I, I love gore, like, so Doom Eternal is fantastic, that's right up my alley. So talk to me about like as a person who played Gears like in high school for Gears 1 and then I think I like briefly checked out Gears 2. Yeah. I I have Game Pass now, so I have Gears 5. Mhm. They've added classes to <laughs> to horde mode apparently. What Yeah. Um, are, do you play like every Gears as it comes out? I actually have, yeah, because I'm a hardcore Gears fan. I love Gears. Um, are you called, like, as a community of Gears fans, are you called, like, Gearheads or something like that? Should be. But, no, the, the games, I definitely think if you're um, into gore specifically, go ahead and play it. It's really awesome. Um, <laughs> the Gears 5, I would definitely play it. I will say Gears 4 actually had a better ending than Gears 5. But still definitely play it. The thing that I remember about Gears 4 is the marketing of like, it was the first time they had HDR in a game for the (laughs) Xbox and just like all of the like lightning storm stuff that was going on. It looked incredible. Oh, Um, it was, it was incredible, but it was a bitch to go through. I'll tell you that much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was fun though. It was fun, but it was just, if the, if you got caught in it and you were on like legendary or I think they call it inconceivable now or if that's still the thing but oh it was it was hard it was hard to do inconceivable yeah <laughs> pretty much you're dead inconceivable well i i can go next cuz i've been playing the game of the moment i guess cyberpunk 2077 i put in the, the, the doc here cyber crash 2077 is that the Forza crossover that they announced? <laughs> no, but that actually looks kind of cool. I should check that out on Game Pass because you can get that car for free in Forza. Um, for those who don't know, there is a Forza for Cyberpunk crossover where you can get the Cyberpunk car like from the trailers and stuff um, inside Forza. But no, I have been playing the cyber the Cyberpunk. I don't know why I like calling it that, but I do because it's like become kind of notorious lately. The notorious uh, CDPR would be its like rap name. Yeah. That's one too many letters. <laughs> yeah. So as a, a flashback to our last episode, for those people who listen intermittently, you had said that you have the PS4 version and Correct. you're playing it on PS5. And normally you don't have to do things like this when we're queuing up a topic. 
or a game, but I think Cyberpunk is the most important game to talk about what version on what platform. Well, to be fair, there there is no PS5 or Xbox X S. What am I trying to say? Series, Series X. X. Series yeah. X. Xbox. Yeah. There is no Xbox Series X version either. So it's weird that. I mean, let's let's go back a little bit. To just tell people what's happening. Like basically, the PS4 and Xbox One cannot run this game, even though like that's kind of what they were made for technically, right? And I'm playing the PS4 version on a PS5, and I'm having, while the game is functioning, almost a flawless experience. It's just like almost every hour on the hour it crashes <laughs> jesus so it's like and it only seems to be happening when i'm driving around so luckily it's not happening like in an important story beat or like halfway through a mission where there's like a long you know time between saves so i'm not losing anything like that but it's like really really frustrating when you're like super into it like completely immersed and then it's just it's not a blue screen anymore it's like a gray screen on ps5 but it's the it's the equivalent of that yeah yeah it's just funny because we all call it blue screen still we're like oh blue screened again yeah like in the party so Uh, i was watching um digital foundry did a video comparing the series x series s and playstation 5 experience of that game and basically said that like it is very playable mm -hmm. um but certainly not like taking full advantage of the graphic output that you think that they would be giving no are you finding like it's noticeably like lackluster visually or is it just kind of like yeah it's like a it's like a video game yes and no the problem is is that i came from playing godfall and valhalla which have like dedicated ps5 version like or uh godfall's ps5 only but like valhalla you know, they made those graphics for the PlayStation 5 and to run on the PlayStation 5. So it looks just gorgeous. You know, it, it actually looks pretty unbelievable when you're playing Valhalla just in general. Like even the water is just amazing in like the performance mode, not even with like the graphics turned on. Mm-hmm. So going from that to this game is almost a little unfair, I feel like, because it's not a PS5 game. But to answer your question, yeah, it's a little bit less visually impressive. But also, if I would have started with this game i would have been like dang this is awesome because the lighting is still super good like there's these really cool like visual scenes when you get to the right part on the road where you can kind of just see the whole city like sweeping you know skyline images and there's cool sunsets and stuff so it's like it's it's definitely there for for a playstation 4 xbox one x generation game 100 percent. like i would not feel cheated at all when it comes to that it's just not it's not a PS5 game either, so like it's it's weird, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that you said you don't feel cheated, though, just because there's been so many people that are dogging Cyberpunk because of the glitches that are happening, and I feel like it's a brand new game. There are going to be some glitches. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yes, they probably could have done a little bit better, but, I mean, glitches happen in new games, and that's how bugs are found more or less. So even mm-hmm. games that have been out for a while, there's still bugs, and you know, you know, so... I just don't feel, I feel like people wait for patches to come out. Things will just get better, especially if it's 90% playable in the sense of like glitches sometimes, then still keep it, still go with it. Yeah, when I'm playing the game, like in combat and stuff like that, I completely lose myself. Like, oh, I lost like two hours yesterday just messing around with my 
inventory and my skills and going so that means it blue screened on you twice in that time per <laughs> your math well, I, I think i'm averaging it out like it'll crash a couple times in an hour and then not for a few or something like that <laughs> but, but so i have a serious question yeah i think like people having not played the witcher 3 there is a discourse that happened when that game came out of witcher 3 fans being like why can't Bethesda make a game like this? This game is perfect. It's visually lush and like a huge open world and the combat so much better than Skyrim and et cetera, et cetera. Like yeah. it, it became like this, why isn't Skyrim like this conversation? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't recall a conversation around like intense glitch issues, like hard crashing and bugs that are like, I don't know, random people putting guns in their mouths when they're supposed to be taking a shot of whiskey is one that I heard as an anecdote. Um, As an example, (laughs) like I don't remember those levels of issues populating, but I also recognize like when you have a first person, huge open world game, I think people are conditioned to be like, well, like Skyrim has all kinds of glitches and we still like it. It's still like a fun game. Well, it's like the whole joke of, Ubisoft like they even have a a trophy in Valhalla called it's a bu- it's a feature not a bug <laughs> um, because they acknowledge their own like buggy past or whatever but yeah it, I think that's just part of part of a big game like you're saying I I played The Witcher like way later so I can't really tell you what it was like at launch but even when I played it like there's a meme that you'll see out there like Roach would spawn on top of like a, a house and stuff sometimes <laughs> so like even years later, Witcher still is buggy. I guess I'm not really sure on that comparison because it's a third person game too versus like a third person, first person, you know? Yeah, I don't know how much that impacts it. But the thing I want to take a step back from is like, you're able to run this game. And I mean, I saw like, <laughs> there's this one screenshot that's being used to like talk about the game on social media anytime that it's like talking about the PS4 or Xbox One mm-hmm. version of it. That just like is this character model that looks like nothing is there in terms of like textures. And like, I think that's like a really intense image to be sending around. And that's like not remotely the experience you're having, right? No, it's mostly awesome. I'll say that. It's like to me about honestly, if you took the crashes out, it would be almost perfect. Like, there's slightly little bugs. Like, sometimes when a guy gets out of a car, he'll stand up through the car or something like nothing that's like game breaking. And this is after like at least one launch day patch, right? Yes, there was one. Oh, I should comment. You know how that they were talking about how the light flashes were causing like seizures and stuff. Yes. I played it before the update and the brain dance flashing was like intense. I can 100. It was like intense for me who doesn't have epilepsy. Like I looked away from the TV the next time I had to initiate the brain dance because I didn't want like that flashing to mess with me again because it was like it was like multiple flash camera bulbs going off like from the left and right of the tv like really fast at the same time it was messed up <laughs> i could see how that would trigger someone's epilepsy yeah and it was like the whole screen was like that and then so since the update now it just kind of like slowly like the light like glows brighter and it still looks cool but it's like it's not messing with people's health you know Taking a step back from like the discourse around the game being broken or not, mm-hmm. what has playing it been like? Tell me about your character 
like what choices are you making have you seen the title screen yet because i know that happens like later on in the game i'm pretty sure i saw the title screen i guess i'm not sure i'm pretty far into it though so i actually have it open in front of me um i've pretty much balanced my things all around my highest attributes are reflexes and technical ability uh reflexes does things like your blades and your like assault rifles and your handguns and technical ability um i'm basically i'm upgrading that because like you can open doors with it okay. so um is that like your hacking hack- skills or is there a separate ha- yeah, I, I haven't i don't know anything about this game so that's why i'm asking <laughs> well i mean it gets really deep when it when you get into like the attributes and stuff because there's like five or six main attributes i can tell that there's another one that hasn't been unlocked yet um there's just like an empty space for it so i don't know what that's going to be but there's body reflexes technical ability cool and intelligence and cool just gives you like dialogue options and like stealth and stuff like that intelligence is your hacking um body is kind of obvious you know like stamina okay fighting um reflexes is your weapons technical ability is like crafting and engineering and stuff has there been any like when you're approaching a combat scenario in this game how do you approach it Tell me a story about like a fight that you got in and, and what you did in that fight. Well, most of the time I, I try to start out stealthy because it's pretty awesome to just like kind of dip around and, you know, just like take people out. Um, you can do it without killing them, too, which is kind of cool. There's like a non-lethal takedown option. Um, but most of the time I just kind of like creep into the building, be as sneaky as possible. And what you can do is you can like hack a TV and then choose like distract enemy and then that'll hack it and then it'll like freak out and the enemy will like turn and look at the screen and then you can sneak up behind him and get him um the ai is not super intelligent (laughs) i will comment on that it's they you can literally just like walk around them and as long as the like visual you know carrot thing on the map doesn't touch you they don't see you okay so it's like you can be standing right to their left and they don't see you. <laughs> so it's a little bit like Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah, it's a lot like Metal Gear Solid, actually, in that respect. Like, it reminded me a lot about that. It's almost like they took the map right out of there. <laughs> okay. How When you get into firefights, how are the guns feeling? Does it feel like... The shooting is fantastic. I like... It's actually unbelievable how good it is. The guns are very, very different. Um, so far... And, and, and one thing is you have to like actually use the weapon that you want to upgrade or you can't upgrade it. So like, if oh, you okay. want your sniper, yeah, if you want your sniper to be up, you have to use a sniper. You can't just use like gun points and put them in the sniper slot. You have to actually use the sniper to get the sniper points. So that's a little cool. bit like the way Skyrim does stuff where you have to like use the ability or like jump yeah. around to get jumping experience points. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was the coolest, like most smart thing about, um, the Elder Scrolls games was like, yeah, like you get better at things by doing the thing. Right. Yeah. So I guess the story is pretty awesome too. Like I'm completely engrossed. The side quests are dope. Like the side quests could be main quests. uh, Most of them. There's a couple little like filler ones in there. You can tell I've just been like thrown in. Yeah. I was going to say this, the side quests from what I hear from other people playing it, the side quests just kind of take over. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you do still have that main story, but the side quests are pretty awesome too. Like it kind of plays into the story. Like in a good way. I just realized there's like, there's a reason to do the main story like first, at least up to a point. Like right now there's kind of like a timer in a way 
where I'm like, if I don't do the main story soon enough, I don't really know what happens, but it's like, it's filling up and it's at like 20% right now. And I'm like, okay, I better do the main story because I don't know what happens if this gets to like 50% or something, you know? Yeah, so you're going back and forth like side quest yeah, the main story. Yeah, exactly. Does it progress? I'm so, so obviously you don't have an answer to this because it would impact the way that you like play the game. But like, do you think the timer is like fake in the sense that it'll only like add to the timer if you're participating in that main quest line? I don't think so because I'll like do skip time or whatever. I think like in Witcher, it was like meditate or whatever. Like you can just like. And it progresses the timer? I actually didn't check if the percentage went up, but he like. Every once in a while, like if you wait like an entire day and when you, when it comes back, he'll like grab his head and be like, oh, like all this like stuff happens and the screen gets all like choppy and stuff. So I think it's like hurting him over time. Like based on game days. Just hearing about this makes me sound like feel anxious and stressed. (laughs) And I actually didn't really realize that that timer thing was there, but I don't know. I feel like we're going to talk a little bit more about cyberpunk later, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I have a hunch. I don't want to talk too much about it. Especially if more patches come out too. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, Chris, what have you been playing lately? I... um, have done a smattering of of stuff on game pass again as kind of like the main the main thing that i've done so i i continually check in on tetris effect once in a while i think it's really cool to just have a tetris game around that you can like take shots at um and i also uh really really briefly because i still have my apple arcade subscription um i haven't had to cancel it yet i jumped into the game the pathless that came out it's for part of Apple Arcade, but I think it's also on um, another platform um, and just played through like not even all of the tutorial section, but um, just like the movement in that game feels really cool. There's like these anchor points that you can touch on um, and your character will start like sprinting really quickly or like sliding towards them like much faster than their normal movement speed. Mm-hmm. And you kind of try to chain them together. Um, I This game is... Uh, the follow-up to i don't remember what they made but it it has like a little bit of like journey energy to it a little bit of shadow of the colossus energy just from like running into a giant beast um i think they made abzu no abzu was a different company anyways um i'm interested if i was more into playing this type of game on my phone i think i would have spent a bunch of time with it um and i i do want to get back to it because i've heard some really good things about it from some other folks um the two things that I spent the most time with were I beat Jedi Fallen Order finally. Um, I feel like the game only really starts to feel good once you have the double jump. Yeah. And there's kind of like this cascade of abilities that you get where like it feels like you've unlocked most of the combat moves by that point. And there's just certain things that you start to be able to do. Um I don't know. want to like spoil the mechanics of that game too much, but like mm. there are things where it's like, oh, this makes this combat scenario seem so much more interesting yeah. than at the baseline. And it feels weird having it be, again, not having done that much of playing in Souls games. Like I feel like I wish they gave me more of this toolbox to play with right away. Hopefully if they do a sequel to this game, they'll keep 
a lot of that toolbox open to Cal as like a starting point because I think it makes the combat so much more interesting to have all those You're variety right. of I options. I hope they do make a sequel because I tried to play Endgame Plus and you start out without your powers again. And it was like, I don't even want to play this. I know what it's like to be a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to learn all of these again. When I read the new game plus description is like, you get to keep all your cosmetics that you've found. I was like, yeah. why would I do that? <laughs> um, but I think it, it tells a really good story. It tells a really engaging star Wars story. Um, the characters are great. Seer is so cool. Like what a, I, such a badass. I, I think Grease is like really goofy and fun and lovable. Um, I think, Cal grows on me just in the sense that like you get to see him build these relationships with those other two specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the like final member of the team, I'm excited to see if they bring that relationship back into the sequel. Um, and I think it's like, if you set your expectations for this game as like a pre Batman Arkham licensed game it would be like a 10 out of 10 yeah does that make sense yeah but like in a world where like arkham exists and spider-man <laughs> exists like it just is like it's a solid base hit of a star wars game mm -hmm. angie did you ever play fallen order i have not ordered just wondering I it's have... on game pass now apparently because <laughs> <laughs> that's what chris is all about now game pass ultimate if you have it because oh, it's through ea play I do have that, yes. You guys, you fancy Xboxers. <laughs> that's, uh, for me, that's where it's at. I'm not dissing PS5 in any way, <laughs> shape, or form because that is also a great console. I just am an Xbox person. Heck yeah. Chris, Katana Zero, I played this game on Switch and I, I beat the game. I loved it a lot. Do you like it? <sighs> I both <laughs> really, really love this game <laughs> because it, like, I you have to understand like very rarely does a game get under my skin in the way where I'm like playing it for like a several hour block and then like the next day I'm like I think I need to beat this game <laughs> and like just do that like I don't do a game in a weekend very often and I literally like beat Jedi Fallen Order at like 11:45 on Friday night and then like as a weird thing of just like I've heard this game's like maybe good maybe not very good depending on who you ask booted it up while my TV was on mute and I was listening to NPR in the morning the next day <laughs> and um, was toying around with it. And I was like, Oh, like this is kind of okay. And then I like went back to it later in the afternoon. And I think the soundtrack's really strong. Um, I think the gameplay and like the character designs are really like the thing that stand out to me. Mm -hmm. And there's some like really cool video game homages in it that I thought were really lovely. Like, um, there's a level where you're on like a movie set basically. And that's just a excuse for them to make all kinds of homages to different video games, like some very explicit, some a little bit more subtle. I thought that was really smart. Um, there's sections where there are like doors that are going to close and it like is exactly a Mega Man boss fight room. It's like <laughs> yeah. the door closed behind you and now you're in the Mega Man room. Um, and it's like little echoes like that, that really like stuck out to me as awesome. Um, I think the ability, like the, I'm really frustrated with the tape rewind mechanic Yeah. because 
there's only one instance where I felt like it playing back at the end wasn't just me literally watching what I just did. Okay, yeah. And that instance, when it happens, is really cool because it's like a really long chained sequence of each segment that you've done put together. But when it plays it back at the exact same speed of what you just did. Um, And I just didn't see a ton of value in that. I didn't like it. I didn't feel like it was like getting to watch a highlight reel of all the sick shit I just pulled off. (laughs) It just it didn't feel the way that like when you're playing Meat Boy and you get to see every single death you had. (laughs) It just doesn't quite have this. It doesn't register the same way for me. So do you think if they had the highlights of that of your awesome moments you would like it better i think if it was cut down to like here's like a smash cut to every time you killed someone which is an intense sentence to say out loud (laughs) um i think it would be way more interesting but the thing i recognize is like you have to have the rewind feature as an explanation for why your character gets to try this level again immediately yeah but there's an in-universe explanation for why and it doesn't have to be a rewinding VHS. Right, but I also feel weird because it's like, I feel like this is a game that has a story that I don't want to spoil for people. I hate how dark it is. I hate how many like random curse words to be edgy there are. There's some really like weird font choices that I think are like just pushy to be pushy it feels like a little bit edgelord, but at the same time, I'm like, it's also like got stuff in it. That's just cool as hell. <laughs> well, it does the thing where you, you play the the level and then you have to like go meet with your therapist and like talk about it. Right. Or whatever. And I think that that is just such a cool mechanic that I've never really seen in any other game. I think another developer could really take that and run with it. If, if they like, you know, took some creative liberties, cause that's a really cool concept to me. I almost wish that they framed it specifically in the therapy sessions though, right? Like if you're going to have somebody like recount their experiences on a mission, why are you not using that as the explicit framing device and saying like, no, like it feels like there's a bunch of interesting ideas that got mashed together in a way that's incongruent to me Mm. where it's like, you have a time manipulation mechanic, you have a rewind of a VHS aesthetic, and you have these conversations with a therapist. And yeah. any one of those could have been the justification for why you're able to restart the levels over and over again until you get it right. Yeah. I think of like the way that people talk about Call of War as gunslinger, and he's like telling the story of the game through its narration. And then he, he's like, well, that's not how it happened. And it like changes the number of people on the screen or whatever. This is something I've heard pointed to as like an example of really great game narration and like stuff. And like, I just feel like you could have done that just with the therapy sessions and had the same mechanics in place. Fair enough. Fair enough. With that being said, knowing that we have a just a chunk of news to get to and we're already running long, I'm going to shut up about Katana Zero. But it is... Super worth checking out if you have Game Pass. It is very, very fun mechanically. There's some really sick aesthetic stuff. If I was like a, if I was like 10 to 17 years old, I think I would think this game is like one of the coolest games of all time. Um, Angie, should we talk about some news? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. 
All right. That brings us to the news. First up today, the Game Awards. Every game announcement and reveal. This article is written by Felicia Miranda at IGN. Um, we're stealing her work because there's just a lot of information. <laughs> and she put together a really thing, really good article here. So go give Felicia a click at IGN. Chris, I know that you've watched the Game Awards as well. Angie? No, I, I didn't, actually. I watched oh, it. I watched a couple of the trailers that were pulled by some other articles as like, this looks really interesting. I specifically checked out some stuff that like pinged my radar of like things that I'm already interested in. We all at least watched recaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I watched it live. It was so long. I will say that it, it gets really, really long. Um, I was like watching it while cooking dinner. You're like, I'm done eating already. And this thing's still going. I just wanted to go play some cyberpunk and the the game wars just wouldn't end. Angie, um, did you check this out? Yeah, I did not watch it live. I'll tell you that much. Um, I tried to do watch the recap. It was like three hours and 30 minutes of something. And I was like, I'm not watching this lady talk about random stuff. I'm just going to, I'm going to look at some articles and go on, on the website and see what, what won and look at, do more research that way myself versus listening to that lady talk. Nothing against her. Just, just kept going on and on and on for sure i saw that when i sent it to you and i was like i hope you just look at the notes and don't watch this three-hour video I said. yeah <laughs> but yeah that's not happening i'm not gonna do that are there any games uh well should we what how should we do this should we talk about some of the winners first you mean the big winner of the night that we all predicted before yeah, yeah before they even year. announced who the nominees were Basically, like anyone with a pulse who paid attention to video games this year knew what was going to happen. Uh, well, so The Last of Us Part Two is what Chris is referring to, and they actually won Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Audio Design, and Laura Bailey, who played Abby, won Best Performance. So Last of Us Part Two swept like half of the top awards. I um, noticed. I noticed that, and I'm wondering why. Yeah. Why is it so great? I yeah. tried to look into it and I was trying to figure it out and I just can't. So I just, input would be great. <laughs> well, I think I think there's a prestige aesthetic and I, I, you know, people have spoken to this at other platform, like on other podcasts and stuff where it's like Sony's games, the games Sony makes and has as first party are like Oscar bait. Mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah they're technical showcases they have perf like they have highly refined performances and performance capture they are um sweeping narratives that like are engaging um i think people could like argue whether or not they're mechanically that great i personally like i love uncharted but i would never say that i think the mechanics of that game are good i don't have fun in the fights in that game ever like almost universally and i still like uncharted a lot um i just don't think the combat's particularly engaging um and so like i think it like they have a brand that like is honed in to be an award-winning style but mm -hmm. agree to disagree i don't know what you will both think about that well they also kind of automatically get it's like i'm gonna make a sports analogy but it's like on espn like they always talk about the yankees like, even if the Yankees suck, they're, like, going to get 10 minutes of airtime because it's the Yankees. 
this is like the last of us part two and naughty dog are like the yankees um you know they're like the best team that put the best thing out there for you know three times in a row now or whatever it is Mm. so they get like an automatic boost just by like existing just because of their history yeah and i don't want to minimize like again i haven't played last of us two yet and I, i can like easily tell you like i'm sure it's full of incredible performances and like it looks like it is a jaw-droppingly beautiful game graphically and artistic direction-wise like for a PlayStation 4 game. But I also just like, I think video games are more than that. Mm-hmm. I think my love of Hades this year, which is wild to me that I'm like having to give up my like, I was going to stand, I was going to like sit on a hill and like die for animal crossing to be game of the year but it, like i i can't do it anymore because i like Hades so much oh, your personal or whatever yeah i was gonna like push to be like no like it is like the cultural moment oh, okay. yeah, yeah. no that makes sense and like i think video games are so much more than this is a cinematic experience that i'm controlling but i think yeah. that is what is award-winning yeah, that's definitely what The Last of Us was. And, and I'm not even going to say that I had fun with it. It was an amazing experience. I have no interest in playing it again because it was like really sad and dark and, 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 you know, explores all those really horrible themes of revenge that was just kind of messed up, to be honest with you. I really didn't like the way the game ended, but I think that was part of what they wanted. So who knows? <laughs> they want you to not like it. And like, first of all, like the fact that, a, a you know, the fact that we're able to have a game in 2020 that's like not just making you feel good and have a power fantasy is worth a, a being a part of the conversation. I think. Sure. Okay, well, just to touch on a couple of the main other main awards, uh, best art direction, my favorite game of the year, Ghost of Tsushima, won that. Um, best score slash music, Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't think that's a surprise. That I think that it should have gone to Streets track. of Rage Four. <laughs> the soundtrack of Final Fantasy VII is so good, and the remake is just even better than the original. No yeah. soundtrack this year is as good as Streets of Rage 4's soundtrack. <laughs> I right, promise yeah. you. I was playing it last night. It keeps getting better. Um, games for Impact, tell me why. Uh, best ongoing game, No Man's Sky, which I was actually a little surprised by that. I mean, I know that they've done all this stuff, but I thought best ongoing game was going to go to like Fortnite or something like that. I think it's really cool that they give that game praise because it, yeah. you can tell that those, the team over there just like continually refreshes that game every year mm-hmm. to make up for it. Yeah. I think I'm glad that it's not Fortnite though, because Fortnite's pretty similar all around, maybe different characters, maybe different skins or something, but it's pretty similar all around. It doesn't really evolve the experience. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that's also the kind of game it is. Like if you evolve Fortnite too much, people get upset. Cause it's like, this is different. This isn't the game that I learned to like and compete in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Best indie game, Hades. There it is, Chris. Yeah. And best action game. Oh yeah, that's right. And you know what? They're probably right. Mm-hmm. It's good. It just feels so good to play. And like, that's the thing that I think gets lost, right? Is like, is there ever a moment in The Last of Us 2 where you were like, this feels so good to play? I mean, probably at some point, just like when you're making like a really cool move and taking out some clickers in an awesome way. I'm sure that at some point that you have that feeling. But it's not like Hades is like every room. You're like, oh, that was a very satisfying room to clear. 
literally every single thing you do in that game feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I try not to get too hung up on the awards that are given out at at the game awards. Um, and I think the games that win them and all of the games that are nominated are like highly, highly worthy games of being nominated or winning. Like mm-hmm. I don't think it's like worth like nitpicking the way that I do when it comes to <laughs> to that. I just think I was really hoping that they would go out of I, I was hoping the voting would go out of the box and give it to Animal Crossing or Hades. What did Animal Crossing win? I think best like family best game. Best family game, yeah. Lame. I mean cool, but lame. They should have won something better than that. Best ongoing game. <laughs> Probably not. Be. I don't think that game, next, I mean I also year. haven't jumped in since they've done any of the holiday stuff, so I just did for December and I haven't really done anything. I like caught some fish and I was like, yep, this is more animal crossing. <laughs> I'm, I want to hear from each of us top three announcements that happened. Angie, any of these games stand out to you? Uh, as in like the winners? No, oh, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> the trailers, uh, the commercials. <laughs> to this, I think this one actually was written. The the article we were just reading from within with the winners was Adam Bankhurst, just for credit where credits due, and now we're back on the Felicia Miranda article for the, or I am at least I'm taking them from there. I definitely had the other art other article open. <laughs> yeah, you can find this information everywhere. I'm just crediting where I'm pulling it from. Angie, yes. Any of these just stick out to you? Going through who won, I will say the VRAR. Um, the Half Life, Alex. Okay. Pretty awesome. I'm I'm glad that that actually got in there, just because Half Life has been a long ongoing thing in general, and then how they put this one kind of in between one and two kind of makes things like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're talking about um for best VR game. Oh yeah, best VR AR yeah. Do you have a VR headset like setup that can run that game? No, I wish I did just so I can play this game specifically because Half-Life series I'm totally down for. I'm actually replaying Half-Life 2 on my PC, the older version of it. I love Half-Life series in general, so I think maybe I'm just biased on that one too. But John has a VR that he's got a quest that can run it with the... Like, Steam Link or stuff. whatever. Steam Not Steam Link. Link. Yeah. Is it I Quest think Link? Link? Oculus Link. Either way, he can somehow make his Oculus run it through Steam, so you should talk to him. <laughs> you could try to play it at some point, probably. When it comes to some of these new games that were announced during the awards, that's actually my favorite part of the the, the game awards, to be honest. Like, I don't really care about the winners <laughs> of the right. thing. I just like am there for like these new awesome games that are coming out. Chris, I don't know if anything stands out to you. I mean, there's one major thing at the very end of the show that really is the only thing that got my blood really going. So in a year without like an actual E3 Mm -hmm. and in a year where it was basically like nonstop mini E3s, that announcement at the end is the only thing that had like E3 levels of hype to me. Yeah, and I guess but but I think there's some really really cool looking games that got announced. <laughs> um I really want to shout out the game Season that looks like it's a PS5 exclusive. Um it features black woman protagonist with like really cool coke bottle looking glasses and she's out like documenting nature 
and the oh, art style man. is like this really beautiful, like cell shaded illustrated style. And it just had that vibe of like games that are like really, really like visually rich that speaks to me. Um, but like, it also looks like it's very like non combat oriented. It looks like you're just like out experiencing nature and like documenting plants and animals that you're seeing. And like, there's like a recording device that you're using to like record to cassette. I think she's out like rocking a bike through the trailer as well. Um, mm -hmm. highly recommend checking out that trailer. If you haven't seen it, Angie, it, it like is one of those games that just like speaks to me as a person who's like really excited about like visually interesting games. I also want to shout out the Callisto protocol because one of the few survival horror games that I actually like gave a shot was dead space one. And I love that game deeply, deeply, deeply. And um, one of the two creators, Glenn, Glenn Schofield is working on that. It's going to be set in the PUBG universe um, oh. and it's targeting 2022 on next gen systems and PC. Um, but it is a new space based sci-fi horror game called the Callisto protocol. Um, Callisto is a dead moon. Um, so it's, it's definitely like hinting at a, being a dead space successor. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that I watched the trailer for that one. I don't know if there is a trailer, but like, I just am juiced about the idea that something dead space ask is coming. That's they're escaping from prison or something like that, right? Like space prison. I potentially, I think that's what it is. I think you're trying to escape from like space prison, basically. <laughs> sounds pretty cool anyways in general like like space prison like um cowboy bebop there you go yeah. you're in the, you're in space trying to yeah to the episode up. where the mushroom is like haunting their spaceship that's basically <laughs> what this game is going to be right yeah yeah yep. perfect all-time great episode of anime will make mm -hmm. a perfect video game <laughs> 10 oh, out yes. of 10 um <laughs> and then i think the thing that we were both alluding to was kind of my big final one was um the mass effect will continue trailer yeah. I don't know what that means at all, but like it, it, in the trailer, they dust off like an old N7 emblem, right? So it kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be back in the original galaxy, sort of, right? Because otherwise, where is that debris coming from? Right. I I think some people have done like some deeper dives into like breaking down who's appearing in this video. And like mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are speculating that Liara is the character who's like in uh -huh. the POV, like is the closest to the camera in that shot. But just knowing like how long it takes video games to be made lately, mm -hmm. I will be excited to play it in 2027. Hopefully it makes it out on the PS5 generation, <laughs> PS5, Xbox series X generation. Hopefully it's not uh, another cyberpunk situation where it's like, well, Technically, we announced it for this system, but it really only runs on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, um, you mentioned Season. Um, when I was reading on it, it says featuring some Studio Ghibli-like visuals. Studio Ghibli is right up my alley, and it sucks that it's just for PS5, because now I want to play it, but I have to get a PS5 to play it, and I don't want to do that. I'm wondering, like, knowing that the studio behind it, I don't think is, like, explicitly tied to um sony um yep. if it maybe it will be like a timed exclusive kind of thing um oh but, that would be awesome 
because you know you can you can always cross your fingers um and hope i will not too hard because i don't know if that's gonna happen my runner up my like special shout out is (laughs) i didn't even watch this trailer but just knowing that vin diesel is starring in arc 2 and that they're doing an animated series for it is hilarious to me i was gonna mention that i'm like vin diesel seriously that's kind of awesome and that's going to be a timed console launch exclusive on the Xbox, I guess. Um, oh, okay. I know some people who really dig Ark Survival Evolved, so... Um, Dude, a friend of mine has like 4,000 hours into Ark, too, or into Ark. Like, he's obsessed. I had a maintenance man come through an old apartment of mine, and I was just hanging out, and we ended up talking games, and he was like, yeah, I play a ton of Ark Survival Evolved. It's awesome. <laughs> so random. Dude, they're always like breeding dinosaurs and he's like oh i gotta go feed the babies hold on we have to like pause rocket league so he can go feed the babies and come back because it's like it the game never ends you know it's like always happening always going always doing something yeah <laughs> it's like gotta go feed the babies my other last second shout out is the fact that they put swedish chef in, in overcooked 2 is brilliant and that's all i have to say <laughs> dude how funny was that bit too when he's like he had like his tinfoil trophy and he was like giving like <laughs> like a like a thank you speech They're like no chef you didn't win he's like thank you <laughs> uh, the Muppets are great. he's like um, that looks like leftovers <laughs> was there any like one other thing that stood out to you or is it really just yeah well i mean dragon age i'm a big fan of dragon age so that that looks pretty sweet that trailer was motivating enough to get me to want to like go play those games finally because they've been like a constant back burner thing and now i have access to all of them from game pass and i'm just like is now the time i played the last one and that's the only one i've ever played but it was it was awesome like i liked it a lot i even played some multiplayer of that so i guess other than that when i don't even care about super smash brothers and i was hyped for the sephiroth reveal i guess that was the last thing because sephiroth is awesome that reveal trailer is great. I loved the reorchestration of One Winged Angel. It was beautiful. It's so good. The music was so good. Yeah. I also just wish that that slot went to literally anyone else. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, the video, like the, the like, Sephiroth killing Mario in that trailer is impeccable. It's yeah. so so good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I cannot wait to get really mad about how long his sword is. It just yeah. makes me want COVID to be over so I can play Smash with my friends in person again. <laughs> oh, goodness. I actually forgot about that announcement, and I would like to redact one of my previous excitement things and give it to that. Yeah, because it's pretty sweet. It looks awesome. I don't know. We'll see. Redact. Ret- retract. Jeez, words are hard today. Dude, I, I misspelled... Ah, never mind. I was having trouble with grammar just in simple sentences earlier. But for news-wise, should we uh, move save this other stuff for next week? Talking more about, I don't know, what do you think? We're at 50 minutes. We can talk about our mostly normal question. Do you want to talk more about CD Projekt Red? <laughs> All I want to say is I'm glad that there was a really cool PC game that launched this <laughs> last week that people were really excited about. It sounds like it's not coming to console for a while. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How about you, Angie? Any final thoughts on news? Not necessarily. I do wish, though, that um, Doom Eternal got a little more credit than what it got. 
<laughs> I think it got more credit than it deserves, but oh, we'll have really? to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna okay. <laughs> that just bumped Doom, Eter- Doom Eternal way further up my two playlist, and we will have a debate later. All right, maybe I should. I want to be the the tie breaking vote here because Doom 2016 is one of my favorite shooters ever. <laughs> I don't know. See, I'm like the opposite of Angie when it comes to the gore aspect. It doesn't bug me in that game. I mean, it shouldn't. It's supposed to be. It's hell, right? It's hell uprising. It's supposed to be disgusting. It's (laughs) It's just juicy, juicy visual and audio feedback for you to know you're doing a good job. And you have a chainsaw gun, which is weird, right? You have a chainsaw... Like it's me, all a, it's all a part of the loop, though. You know, like mechanically, it's so brilliant to be like the chainsaw refills your ammo, but then like only rarely are you getting fuel for it, so you have to like use it as like a last ditch effort or a refill of ammo when you're running low. Like, yeah, you can't just running around chainsawing everybody. Just the oh, the 2016, like the the balance of that loop is so good. Oh goodness! Well, I'll play more of it. How about that? I have it on Game Pass. Talking about a good soundtrack, too. Yeah, it's true. It was rocking. I will say that. I will say that Final Fantasy, yes, should have won, which it did. I mean, mm-hmm. they it's really, really great. I mean, Doom Eternal is just a bunch of rock in your face. <laughs> yeah, metal. All right. That brings us to our most normal question. If you could choose any mythical creature to be your personal protector, which creature would you choose and why and i'll go first since i put the question in my creature that i'm choosing is the phoenix because i think it would just be awesome to like have like a backup life (laughs) if that makes sense like if i get killed in like a car accident the phoenix will just bring me back alive i think that'd be awesome well and like talk about a cool pet to have like just like a a, is are we picturing like a very large phoenix see in my head it's like it's a final fantasy 8 phoenix or whatever there was a phoenix and as one of the guardian forces or something in one of the final fantasies <laughs> i think it, is phoenix in the final fantasy 16 trailer was it i don't know but phoenix is in one of them and or at least it's a potion <laughs> well phoenix down like the the oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, now i need to know do you know how long it took me to understand that it's like Phoenix feather down and not like your character's down. So you use a Phoenix. Oh yeah. I was a kid and didn't really know what a Phoenix was at all. Yeah. He was a recurring summon. It just says in the final fantasy series. So he must be in more than one. That, I think that's a great choice. Angie, what about you? Do you have a mythological beast that, or being that you want to be your personal guardian? I mean, man, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. If I could have multiple i would do like a bunch of goblins everywhere because goblins are awesome but um besides that uh a gorgon sounds like it would be something up my alley Mm. just because if it's a mixture of beautiful and frightening people can't not look at it and then if that's the case you're just going to be turned to stone so you're done i like that there's gorgons in hades Mm -hmm. shout out to dusa sweet sweet round dusa (laughs) <laughs> um 
Hades is a perfect transition into what my choice would be. And I think it's only because of playing Hades that I would ever make this choice. But I definitely want Cerberus to be my guard dog. That's what John said. I had this question in the doc for last week, but I changed it because of the Game Awards. And John said Cerberus before we started recording. So that's hilarious. (laughs) I, I saw it last week and it was the same answer then for me too. I just, he's so good in this game. Oh, you get to go pet him, Angie. It's awesome. So now I'm getting this game. That's basically yeah. Like- you have a switch. You you. Oh, please, Angie. <laughs> Angie. Yeah. Join me. Join us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We are all obsessed with Hades on this show. It sounds very cult like, but I'll get into it. <laughs> it's it a very cool. good cult to belong to. <laughs> it's brought me a lot of joy. So what do we have? A phoenix, Cerberus, and I forgot what Angie said. What did Gorgon. You say? Goblins and Gorgon, yeah. The I do goblins. like the idea of Angie like at the helm of a goblin horde for some reason. <laughs> Having just met you, Angie, I just get some good energy from that. Um, so I will, <laughs> I, I will allow it. I'm imagining that you're sitting there right now recording, and there's like a goblin like dumping a cereal box into his mouth, like ah, like you're like no, put it in a bowl. I'm not gonna lie, my dog. My dog could be uh, as a goblin sometimes. So we'll just say yes, my goblin horde. I'm going to go with that. Nice. What kind of dog do you have? He's a mix, but um, English bulldog, French bulldog, pug, and Boston terrier. He's a miniature bulldog, technically. We have a Boston terrier. CC. CC. Well, everybody, that does it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. Chris, can you let the people know where they can follow along with you on the internets? You can find me slightly more frequently than the last couple of weeks at VG Occasion on Twitter. That's awesome. Angie, how about you? Uh, yep, Stellar Smalls on Twitter. Stellar and Smalls. Yep, Stellar Smalls. You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E on the Twitter once again, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly. Like we mentioned previously, Volume 4, what do we call it? Edition 4, Number 4, just came out on Monday. Lastly, leave us a five-star review because Chris wants you to. That does it for our show now. Go play some games. Bye. 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 Bye.